Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to the Brad Report. Warning, the Brad Report contains spoilers. We will be taking a deep dive into the MCU. Well, maybe not a deep dive because we're not going to be going into huge details, but we're going to be doing a broad belly flop into the MCU. Uh, We're going to be covering Iron Man through Endgame, as well as TV shows, video games, and what's coming up in the future. So, Brad, uh, why don't you... uh, begin by giving us a refresher of the general timeline of everything that's happened in the MCU. Wow. Okay. So I love the, uh, love the belly flop. We're definitely going to belly flop. (laughs) Belly flopping into the MCU. (laughs) I doubt this is a swan dive. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So MCU got started off in 2008 with Iron Man. Um, I think that debuted on May the 2nd, 2008. And that kicked off Phase 1. So Phase 1, obviously, you have Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, and then it culminates with uh, the Avengers in 2012. And that is when they fought. I believe they fought Loki. Loki, yeah. Yeah. That's when Loki invades New York, brings all of the, the alien army in. And you have the first Avengers. Um, then they move into Phase Two, which has Iron Man Three, Thor, Dark World. Oof! I wish we could just forget that happened. <laughs> uh, Don't we all? Captain America: The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, and Ant Man. And so here we have another Avengers, but this one also expands the universe a little bit. So obviously we get the sequels to um, Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man from the previous phase, but also introduces the Guardians of the Galaxy. It introduces, uh, the end of Ultron introduces Vision, and Ant-Man obviously is a new character as well, so we kind of expand the universe, especially the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So, mm-hmm. four things to, things were mainly centered around Earth, like obviously you had Thor and Loki who were from Asgard, and there's a little bit of a like, spacey theme with them. Um, but more so than anything, in Phase 2 with the Guardians of the Galaxy, you really see how big this universe gets. In Phase 3, we get Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and then somehow Endgame is not the end of Phase three is actually Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> yeah, that that part, it's just like the fact that, I mean, I'm not Kevin Feige. I'm not, I don't make millions of dollars off planning these movies. But the fact that phase two ends with Ant-Man yeah. and then phase three ends with Spider-Man just kind of, um, yeah, it makes me, it brings, it raises up questions. Um, you've got these like big massive blockbuster come together team up movies and it's just it's not the end of the phase for some reason (laughs) yeah uh so one of the things when i was looking up just talking about the breadth of that we're belly flopping into in the mcu is that there are 23 movies in the mcu just films and like there are only 14 land before time movies. <laughs> like, I don't know if, do you remember land before time? Yeah. There's the, there's the, the, dinosaur, the dinosaur movies. Like they're like fact that there, Wait, are, there, are, four, there are 14 of those movies. There are 14 land before time movies. Um, and so like when I think of, that there are fact that there are 23 movies that it's trying to make this cohesive storyline, just what an achievement that is in and of itself. Um, like I think that fast and furious nine is coming out or was supposed to come out this year yeah. and it got postponed due to COVID-19 and all of that stuff, but they're only on nine 
Um, the only other movies that have a series like that of this following the same character or characters is like James Bond, you know, yeah. um, which is crazy. And then there are 14 more MCU movies in various stages of development at this moment. That's crazy. And the crazy thing about the first, uh, what'd you say, 23 movies is how long they've had the like the plan together, right? So mm-hmm. Thanos first appeared in The Avengers in 2012. And so let's see, there are only there are only five movies before that. So Thanos yeah. appears in the after, I guess the uh, in credit scene of Marvel's The Avengers. And there, so far there have only been one, two, three, four, five movies. And so for just and that is just such a long time. I mean, they spent seven years leading up to that culmination of Endgame. Yeah, it's 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 bonkers. Like it's crazy, and it makes me really excited. I mean, we're going to get to this later, but it makes me really excited for like how they're going to top that. And because I think one of the things that well, we'll get this to this as well when we're talking about favorite movie and favorite scene quotes is just like how well they stuck the landing with Infinity War and the Endgame. Like there was so much buildup and they just like they stuck the landing, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, no, sure. All right, so let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and get into that. What what is your favorite movie of these twenty three? Which one's your favorite? So I I keep going back and forth on because I love the first Iron Man. It's, I mean, it starts it all off. It starts it on a great pace. Um, I remember seeing that in a high school with some of my friends. Um, but also Guardians of the Galaxy is great. Uh, James Gunn is like, he did a great job. And then um, when the Russo brothers first did the winter soldier. I just keep coming back to how, how awesome that movie was done. And my defense for um, the winter soldier is that um, would you, you know, like the YouTube channel, honest trailers, uh, the honest trailers, people like the Russo brothers knew about honest trailers and they were trying to make the movie. So it was honest trailers proof and honest trailers, just like, criticizes the movies about like this is illogical this doesn't make sense and they do it in a satirical and funny way and then when honest trailers came out with their winter soldier one they're like the narr- the guy that does the narration in this movie trailer voice he's like hey this is actually a really good movie <laughs> um and i thought that was like really really cool and so as much as i love like how balanced and well done Infinity War and Endgame are, I think the one that I turn to again and again will have to be Winter Soldier for my favorite movie. Yeah, that's good. I think think for me, it's funny that you mentioned Iron Man because I I kept going back and forth between uh, the original Iron Man and Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, I just, I don't know if I've, any movie that's not like explicitly a comedy, right? I don't know if I've ever been to a movie and laughed as hard as I did in the theaters. During, right? It was just so much. I mean, uh, one of my favorite, you think about, there were just so many quotes and stuff from that movie, like when Thor sees Hulk run into the arena and he goes, oh, I know him. He's a friend from work. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Banner jumps out of the, the, the ship onto the rainbow rainbow rainbow, rainbow bridge. bridge yeah yeah rainbow bridge and you know he just he tells the valkyrie he goes watch this you know and he jumps out and he just flops i mean just <laughs> such a funny movie he belly flops onto the rainbow bridge yeah he belly flops for sure but i think i'm gonna go with with iron man um so this was like the first superhero movie i saw um that i thought was I mean, that I thought was cool, you know. So I was looking it up, and this came out, I think, only like a month or two before The Dark Knight came out. Mm. And we won't talk, we don't have to talk about that because we'll talk about that next week. But 
Iron Man was the very first superhero movie I saw that was cool, but also kind of serious, right? So you have Tony, who is dealing with all this, this like issues of responsibility with his, with the fact that he his, um, his company's weapons are being used by terrorist organizations and wreaking havoc on innocent people, and so he's coming to grips with that, and he's you get to see this character, this who you assume has had a pretty plush life, at least in terms of, you know, he's never worried about much, you know, with his financial stature. He's probably put for the first time in his life in a situation where he has to fend for himself without, without really the benefit of his, his money to back him or to bail him out. And so it was, it was kind of the first superhero movie that I saw that was serious, but also really fun and, and cool and had great explosions and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess I should go back and explain a little bit more about why I like the winter soldier. Um, I just love cap uh, Steve's and Bucky's friendship and relationship. Um, Like in the end of captain America, when he wakes up and he realizes that he's in modern times and you just got to think of like, like that's one of the saddest, like, not the saddest, but one of the saddest moments in the MCU where he's just like, he was this nobody. He was this like weak kid. And then he's just like, he just wants to do the right thing. He just like wants to fight with his friends, uh, fight for his country. And he does that. He makes the sacrifice. He's like finally been accepted. And then he just like, he, he pays for it. He sacrifices it. And then it's just like, Nick Fury's like, Hey, are you going to be okay? And he's like, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I had a date. Uh, and just like how sad that is. And then like all of that's gone from his world. And then he finds out that his best friend who he thought he let die is alive and like is being brainwashed. It's just like, I mean, I hope that I would be the kind of friend that would just be like, no, I'm going to go like try and save that guy. He's my best friend. Like I've known him my whole life and grabbing on to like his past life, you know? So I just thought that that was like, and that's one of Cap's themes throughout um, his movies and his stories in the MCU. Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, is that the movie where we get the great punching bag scene with, Captain America, where he's in the gym and he's just going to town with his punching bag. And yeah, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the the end credit of scene of that movie. He's in a gym, punching the bag, and he, you can just see he's like he's getting like flashbacks to World War II, and he just destroys the punching bag. And that's when Nick Fury comes in. It's like, hey, we're trying to get you back in because we're trying to save the world. And that kind of sets it up for, for the first Avengers film. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I think I already know. I am almost 100% sure I know who your favorite character is. Um, and so I'm just going to go out and say that your favorite character is Tony Stark without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, for one, he's just so cool. Like, he, I mean, he's like the classic trope of, um, you know, he doesn't have powers necessarily mm-hmm. besides super rich and smart. Um, he creates this crazy Iron Man suit, and we've talked about Iron Man, the original one already a little bit, but just from the very beginning, it was his ingenuity that kind of birthed Iron Man, mm-hmm. right? So he was passed by these terrorists to create weapons for them in this. Uh, like bunker cave and said he creates his own like iron man suit out of scrap metal essentially which is just insanely cool and his character is probably the most quotable throughout i would say throughout the movies um maybe maybe you could say like rocket or somebody is a little more quotable for the for all the zingers i but. think i don't know i think i mean robert downey jr he just he crushes it um every every scene like even the movies where like in civil war and you know um 
in the spot in Spider-Man um, Homecoming, like he just crushes it. And the Avengers movies, he crushes it. And all of his movies, he just like, I mean, he's just on like he does not miss. Yeah. And I think that one thing that's really great about Tony is that he obviously puts off this like arrogant kind of like starky, um, starky, snarky. Uh, it is starky flip. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little, a little flip, flip there. He puts off this like snarky vibe, but underneath it, he really cares about people. And I think that his character development over the course of the movies is is great. Like, you know, you see, it's obviously it's the very end of Endgame. He's kind of the hero who sacrifices himself. Well, he's not kind of. He is the hero that sacrifices himself. And I don't know that Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man, the very first one, would have sacrificed himself uh, solely for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that his his character development, and it really starts with him wrestling with his responsibility and hurting innocent people, and you see that's kind of like a consistent theme throughout throughout his entire character arc, his responsibility. Right. So in Civil War, the main thing that divided him and him and um, Steve Rogers was how they viewed their responsibility to the general public, right? So Tony wanted the whole, uh, what did they call that system? Anyway, he wanted the, the big overarching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Ultron um, thing, whatever. He said he wanted to put a suit of armor around the world or something like that. Right. And and that, I mean, that, that battle within him of his responsibility for the things that he was kind of born with, right? This privilege that he was born with, um, being born into this inc- incredibly wealthy, rich family and this massive intelligence that he was given. And so he's just been wrestling with how does he manage and leverage uh, his responsibility. And so I, I don't know, his character struggle and character development is great and he's funny. And I mean, like, he calls one of uh, Thanos' children Squidward. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, like, his, <laughs> he's got so many great lines. Um, oh, man, Squidward, and then, like, later on when he's, like, going toe-to-toe with Thanos, he's like, you throw another moon at me, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> and then the whole, like, who's Gamora? Oh, man, it's all great. So who's your favorite character? Man, ah, see, like, I almost said Thor. And then I thought, because he's definitely in some of my, like, in, in Infinity War and Endgame, Thor has some of my favorite scenes, for sure. Um, I thought Rocket, I thought Rocket, because, uh, like, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy recently and I just thought about Rocket's character and what he went through in, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2 and then in Infinity War and Endgame as well. And I thought I was very compelled by his story and what he went through. But I think ultimately, um, and this is going to be very telling, like I came down on Steve Rogers as my favorite. Um, and I'll tell you... Why? Because some of the reasons that like, he's just like, he's going to do what's necessary and he's going to stick to his, his morals. He's like, this is right. I don't care if you disagree, like I'm going to fight for what's right. And if I die, then I die. And if I have to stand alone, I have to stand alone. Kind of like he does with in the end game when he's strapping his broken shield before the portals open up, when everyone else is down for the count, he's like, he's standing there and he's basically facing like, all right, I'm fighting this guy because I, I know I'm outmatched, but I'm willing to sacrifice myself. And also one of the other things that um, I, I didn't pick up the first time, but in age of Ultron, when everyone is having the nightmare scenes of like the worst things that could happen to them. Um, And what does Steve Rogers see? He sees himself 
and the he's back in the 1940s and Peggy Carter is there and she says the war is over Steve you can come home and i think that puts a super compelling and just like this guy is like what is his greatest fear is that he's got no more battles to fight um and i just thought i think that's super interesting in understanding his character um and that there's always a bad guy that there's always something to overcome and that his greatest fear in that moment was i don't know what to do if i'm not a soldier anymore so i'll say steve rogers and just like yeah as much as he and tony butted heads and got into conflict with one another like he wanted to do the right thing i um, mean he wanted to stick to it whether that was helping bucky um uh, taking down Nazis and all of that great stuff. Um, I would have to stay with uh, Steve Rogers for sure. Um, but speaking of uh, some of our favorite characters, what is your favorite scene or favorite quote? Yeah, just real quick. I'll, I'll run through my favorite quotes, for a bit. kind of interesting. I think Tony Stark and Steve, I think their endings in in game were great it kind of culminated their uh, their struggles throughout their story throughout their character art right so tony at the very end he finally comes to grip with what his responsibility is and he's determined that his responsibility is he owes everything mm-hmm. right? like he, his responsibility is to sacrifice any and everything and steve finally gets to put the shield down right he finally gets, comes to a place where he's like okay i've done enough like i don't have to be a soldier yeah and so i kind of I like their resolution. All right, so I'm just going to run through some favorite quotes real quick. All right. Uh, first one, Tony Stark, obviously. No amount of money ever bought a second of time. Love oh, that quote. So good. This one is a Groot quote. <laughs> <laughs> Can I guess uh, what it is? <laughs> yes, I bet you're wrong, though. What? Is it We Are Groot? Oh, my gosh, yes, you got it. Ah, I knew it. It's just, it's so great. You know, it's so emotional and heartwarming. And I didn't expect it because I didn't know that that character was allowed to say anything other than I am Groot. <laughs> so it caught me off guard. It was great. Uh, this one's a Thor Ragnarok quote. And it is, there was one time when we were children, he transformed himself into a snake. And he knows that I love snakes. So I went to pick up the snake to admire it. And he transformed back into himself. And he was like, blah, it's me. And he stabbed <laughs> We were eight at the time. Oh, man. It's just like, you know, I mean, I know you have you have siblings, you have brothers, and I have a brother too. And you just think about like, what would my like childhood sibling fights with my brother be like if we were immortal gods? Um, and that's just, it's just great. And then my last quote is actually a Steve Rogers quote. And it is, there's only one God, ma'am. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's so good. Um, I think, oh man, those are great. I don't know if I can top those or I have them so, so neatly in order. I think one of the, uh, I mean, there's a lot of great funny lines um, with Tony Rocket. Um, so I think one of my, um, rocket quotes that sticks out to me the most in guardians of the galaxy uh, one is that really took me by surprise is when um when star lord and gamora had just been taken captive and rocket groot and drax are on nowhere and drax had just lost to um ronin and they saved him and he's like oh my wife and child are dead and then rocket's just like boo hoo my wife and child are dead. He said, and I was just like, and Groot's like, <gasps> he goes, I don't care if it's mean. Everybody's got dead people. Doesn't give you an excuse to get everyone else dead along the way. And I was just like, I was one, I was shocked. Two, it was a refreshing change of the, like what we're so inundated with, with, revenge movies is just like this person's lost their whole family and they're using that to justify anything and everything they do and rocket's like 
I don't care. <laughs> um, and I thought that was super, super funny. Um, I think the, um, uh, the not today, uh, Earth is closed today, Squidward, like that's hilarious. Um, that's super funny. Um, I think I love you 3000 is up there for sure. Um, and then I think one of the ones that I keep going back to is when in Endgame, when Tony, Steve and Thor are all standing there looking at Thanos and he's just sitting there waiting for them. Um, and it's like, um, they're all debating. They're kind of talking to themselves like, hey, what are we going to do? Like, uh, we're not sure if it's worked. It's just the three of us. And Thor's like, it's, pro- it's a trap. And Tony's like, well, I don't care much. And Thor's like, good. As long as we're all in agreement, let's kill him properly this time. And just that all three of them, like, I think we can understand that. Like Thor said he's killed people. But we don't know that, like, Tony and Steve have, like, willingly gone out and sought out to, like, actually kill someone. And that the fact that this villain is has taken so much from them and changed them so much that they're like, we don't care. We're going to go and take this guy. It's just like, man, it's just an awesome moment. Yeah, that is a great moment. Oh, man, there's, there's just so many good moments from this. Yeah. So many good moments. 23 movies to choose from. <laughs> I, I, oh, man. What is, I think it's a Rocket and Thor moment where Thor is talking about Thanos. He's like, I've killed um, dozens and dozens of people. And he talks about how every person who's won, every person he's killed has wanted to kill him, except they're dead now and he's not. And mm-hmm. Thanos is just the next in the long line of unfortunate people to get in his way or something like that. Yeah. And you're just like, oof. And then, man. Man, I that mean. Was, that whole stretch was great, too. I, I want as much Rocket and Thor as I can get in the future. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's probably, like, I talk about quotes. Like, that's probably my favorite scene because Rocket's just, like, going through just, like, Hey, you got, uh, it's like killed my brother. And he's just like, Oh, well, what about your dad, your mom, your best friend? He's and Thor's like, they're all dead. Um, and I think there are several YouTube videos. I think, uh, there's a guy named Slifer who's done a video on it. And uh, from, and also a channel called Garo studios. They've done, they've taken that scene and compiled it with flashbacks of all of those things that Thor is saying. And you just feel the weight of, of his father dying, his mother dying, um, his best friend and Loki. And then he just ends the scene ends. And it's just like, and it's like, well, what if you die? And he's like, well, if I die, what else have I got to lose? Um, yeah. And it's just so like Chris Hemsworth just does a He, he nails it. Um, he kills it, and it's just such a heart-wrenching scene. And then Rocket says, like, well, I've got a lot to lose. Um, and then kind of foreshadowing, like, he's the only, besides him and Nebula, like, everyone else gets, like, they get snapped away. Um, so, yeah, that scene. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a great one for sure. And I mean, Endgame has a ton of great moments, too, obviously, like when Cap picks up Mjolnir for the first time. Oh, such a good moment. I mean, we saw that movie together, and our theater experience was great. And, um, I I mean, the crowd was just kind of electric, and people were going crazy, you know, and Thor goes, I knew it. (laughs) That was such an awesome moment. Obviously, Iron Man's, um, and I am Iron Man at the very end was, you know, great so many good moments in this yeah that was awesome yeah i think that's what like that the moments all the moments in infinity war and endgame are so good is because all of the work that's been done building up to it to establishing these characters spending two to three four or five movies with them 
seeing them develop and then you're getting all these these huge payoffs um with how you wanted to develop and and then like break the characters in infinity war and then build them back up in end game yeah oh that reminds another one of my favorite scenes is from black panther when killmonger challenges t'challa and t'challa accepts the challenge and killmonger i mean kicks the crap out of him you know throws him mm-hmm. over the waterfall and he starts screaming is this your king and that was one of the that was one of my favorite scenes too from a vil- villain standpoint i mean michael b jordan obviously thanos is like the big bad guy um and and he's great all throughout the series uh, brolin's fantastic but Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger might be the best performance of any any villain throughout the MCU. I mean, it's just, it's close, just, yeah. Because he did this weird thing where it's obviously like like you see what Killmonger's doing, and you're like, okay, like you shouldn't be doing any of that. But then, like, he's so convincing that you're like, okay, maybe you do have a point, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Wakanda has kind of screwed screwed you over a little bit maybe maybe you're right about some stuff yeah i mean yeah this is so one of my older brothers told me this theory um and or in the early days of the mcu and i think it's true so i'm going to share it is that the quality of the villain dictates the quality of the movie you can have a great hero you can have great action scenes but if your villain is just like kind of falls short then the movie's just going to be average um, like the quality of the villain dictates or indirectly influences how good the movie is going to be. Okay. So I, I can get behind that. Yeah. So that's my theory, but um, yeah. So I'm talking about that. Like, are the what do you think? Okay, I think most of the most of the MC movies are great. They're 23. I mean, there are a few like, okay, that's a mishap there. Okay. We kind of fumbled the ball there. What would you say um, is a movie that you think isn't as good as everyone is making it out to be? You're like, people are just love it. And you're kind of, well, it was okay. Uh, I'm almost, I'm almost scared to say it because I don't want to get yelled at. Well, I know I'm going to get yelled at for mine. So, uh, Captain Marvel. It, Captain Marvel, it was it was fine. Like it wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's not even the worst movie in the MCU by by a mile. Thor. Oh yeah. Thor: The Dark World is a horrible film. Horrible movie. But no one acts like Thor: The Dark World is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I get it. It, it was the first like big time female superhero movie, um, or superhero like lead in the MCU. Uh, in the MCU, yes, uh, yeah, that's a good qualifier. Uh, and so that's great. I think there should be more, and I know that Marvel has more coming down the pipe. But the problem is that just wasn't a great. It just wasn't that great of a movie, you know. Um, yeah. And I thought Brie, I thought Brie Larson was actually really good in that. The, I thought the story around it was just just kind of fell flat and all the supporting actors and actresses kind of fell flat around her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, that's, that's one I just don't think is all that, that great. Yeah. I almost picked that one. And like I said, it's like the movies that I'm like, I think you picked and like uh, the movie I'm picking. I don't think it's like, they're not bad, but they're just kind of like, I don't think it's as good as you you think it is. Um, and I agree with everything that you just said. Um, like, I think the best part of that movie when I was watching it was just like Samuel L. Jackson, just like watching him do his thing. Um, like that was enjoyable. Um, but yeah, Brie Larson did great. And I think, I think people are kind of getting burned out on origin stories. Um, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later, I think. Um, so for me, the most overrated movie and I'm getting so much trouble for this, probably with you as well. Is like was Black Panther for me. Like, it was really? gr- gr- okay. Now, now, when I say overrated, I'm not saying I didn't like it. Like, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought the action sequences were great. I thought 
Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan. Like, I thought the whole story was great. But when people started saying, like, let's nominate it for an Oscar, I'm just like, okay, it was good, but, like, it wasn't that good. Um, that's where I stand on it. Like I said, it's great. It's up there. It is phenomenal. But I don't think it's, it's like, oh, let's let's nominate it for an Oscar. Um, oh. See, I... I think I would have that. You think you'd put that in your underrated category? No, 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 not underrated. I mean, because some people have, there are a lot of people that think it's the best. And so you can't call it underrated really. But I would, I mean, it's definitely, it definitely makes my top five in the Marvel, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, obviously I said Iron Man's my favorite and Thor Ragnarok is up there. I mean, yeah. Black Panther is one hundred percent in my top five, so that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely my top ten. I don't think it's in my top five. Um, and it's probably in my top seven. Um, but yeah, I was just, uh, for some reason, I was just like, I watched it. I thought it was great, and people saying it's like this is the best movie superhero movie ever. I was just like. Okay, I just, I just don't, it just didn't land there for me as the best ever, if that makes sense. Okay. Don't hurt me, please. Oh, you're good. I, oh, another <laughs> great quote. Another great quote from Black Panther. I think it's Mbaku that says this. Um, yeah, I think it's him. He says, and we'll feed them to our children. And then he gets, you know, all these looks like, oh, my gosh, these people are crazy. And he goes, nah, we're vegetarian. Yeah, that was great. I mean, there are a bunch <laughs> of little, little funny parts. Um, and there are a bunch of, like, really emotional parts as well where T'Challa is confronting his dad and the elders. And he's just like, all of you are wrong. Um, like, that's such a that's such a turning point for him and his character. Um and like it takes courage to say um, that their neglect and their sins, like he's dealing with it, and specifically with his cousin, with his family member, you know. Um, so yeah, I think I mean like I have great appreciation for it. I think um, like the characters and side characters are great. I just didn't think it was the best of the best. Okay. Okay. That's your. You're uh, hill to die on. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right, um, real quick, real quick. What do you think is the what do you think is the most underrated movie? Just briefly. Most underrated movie. So I, man, it's so hard because I, I feel like anytime the MCU comes out with something, they're just like everyone's like it's gold, you know. Um. So it's kind of hard to pick on an underrated movie um, because pretty much there's a consensus and agreement of, of what's good and what's bad, you know? Um, I don't think people were as crazy maybe about guardians of the galaxy volume two. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Um, so I think that's, or it, it doesn't seem it's as talked about as volume one. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely loved volume two. Um, what about you? Yeah, I actually, that's the one I wrote down too, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I think that, like you said, it just, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 1, the first volume was just so good. And so it was just kind of such a breath of fresh air in the MCU, right? It was the, I don't want to say first adult, you know, because it, I mean, it's not like, it's not like raunchy or provocative or anything like that, but it was a little more uh, grown-up-ish well, than the yeah. rest of the movies. It's such a breath of fresh air and so funny and different, and the characters were... I mean, in a universe where you have like flying gods and billionaire, billionaires flying in super suits and uh, essentially time-traveling super soldiers, like the Guardians of the, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy characters still stand out as like extra quirky. Yeah. <laughs> they, and so that was great. And I think that because of that, 
the sequel to it just didn't get as much much praise. Um, but it was still great, and I loved all the stuff with Peter Quill and his his dad ego and him kind of searching for that that affirmation, that love, and thinking he found it in that, and realizing that he didn't. Mm. And that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So moving on, I think we both agree that the worst movie in the MCU is Thor: Dark Thor: World. Dark World. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> All right, let's let's get into some Marvel TV. Um, we don't have to do a recap of all the Marvel TV shows. Yeah, I have. Me... I'll be honest, I have not seen, and I have fallen off the wagon on many of these shows. Um, but yeah, go. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. There's a lot that I haven't seen. Uh, just give me give me your favorite. Okay, my absolute favorite has to be Daredevil. Um, you know, Charlie Cox, he nails, it's just like Matt Murdock to a T. Uh, Vincent uh, D'Onofrio, I don't know if that's how you say his name, as Kingpin. They're just great together. Um, the Punisher is also really good. Um, and As he gets introduced in season two and then goes on to have his own uh, two seasons of the show. But Daredevil season three, I think, is one of my, is my favorite standalone season of a superhero TV show daredevil season three. Uh, it's just so well done. And Matt Murdoch comes back from, I love redemption and rebuilding stories, um, rebirth. And, um, after the defenders, Matt Murdoch's kind of like presumed dead. He's rebuilding himself. He's trying, learning how to like fight and use his abilities again. And Kingpin's out of jail and he's try- he knows Kingpin's evil. And there's one point, and I'll talk about this in, well, I'll just go ahead and talk about it. There's a scene in season three where Matt Murdock in plain civilian clothes, not dressed up as Daredevil, is going to the hotel where Kingpin is staying to kill him. And he's standing outside and in his mind, so Kingpin is in the building and then uh the way that the TV show shows it is that Kingpin starts walking around and commenting. He's like, you really think you have what it takes to do this. You really think you're going to go up there and kill me. Um, and so it just has, it's a beautiful way to show what is going on in the hero's head of having the villain kind of like in um, Arkham Knight with Batman and the Joker, having the main villain just just kind of like prowling around him, stalking him and commenting and just antagonizing him and just like what's going on inside of his head. It was awesome. And that's one of the reasons why it's definitely my favorite show. That's probably my favorite scene along with the, the long takes like each season has a long take. That's like five to seven minutes. And in season three, I'm pretty sure they did a, a 12 to 20 minute one take scene of Matt Murdock escaping a prison. And it was, it was great. It was phenomenal. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I love, love Daredevil too. And I kind of figured that that was going to be your, um, your favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite is actually a show called Legion. And I don't think you've watched Legion. Uh, I have not. No, no, it's it's probably my favorite. There's only three seasons, uh, and it's finished. They had there's a three season show, but it is about the Omega level mutant, um, the Omega level mutant Legion, obviously, and he is the son of Professor X, and it is just such an interesting concept. So he has a personality disorder, right? So he has this personality disorder. And essentially he has over 50 different personalities and each personality has its own power. Okay. And you spend the entire first season um, seeing things, right? So you see all these, all these things that are happening and you spend the entire first season asking yourself the question, is this something that's really happening? Because it could be because he's the most powerful um, 
Legion is the either the first or second most powerful mutant in the entire X Men universe. Um, just like going by comics and stuff like that. And so you spend the entire mm-hmm. first season going, okay, is this really happening? Because I know it could be. He's powerful enough to do this. Or is this just some form of his um, disassociative personality disorder acting up? You know, and it, it's great. And the show is really quirky and weird. And the music is great. And there's just some great, um, not musical numbers, because they don't, you know, it's not a musical, but there's some like great dancing scenes. And I mean, it's just soundtrack is, I mean, just phenomenal. I mean, they they really cue you in on on what's happening, and there's so much music in that show. Um, but it's great, yeah. and it's one of the best pilots I've ever seen too. Right, so a lot of shows, I feel like you have to tell people to give it time; it'll get better. But mm-hmm. Legion season one, episode one. I mean, it might be my favorite episode of the entire season, or, or not season, but the entire show. And so, if you get a chance, just sit, might want to sit down and just watch, just watch the first episode because it's just so good. Um, okay, that show is so quirky and weird. And Legion's a great character in general. Um, and obviously, this is a spoiler, but they they finally threw us a bone. And for a long time, it looked like for the first. Um, for the first bit, it looked like they were going to completely kind of exclude any reference to other X-Men, right? So it was just like Legion. And yeah. they finally threw us a bone and kind of confirmed that, no, this they are sticking to the source material, and he really is the son of Charles Xavier. And, yeah, just a great show. That's awesome. Um, so was it canceled after three seasons, or was it planned to be a three-season show? So they did the three seasons kind of like Breaking Bad, it's like, no, we're only planning for five seasons, then we're done. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure on what happened behind the scenes. I think that I think that they're planning on finishing the story in three seasons. Um, and then it, it got like a little bit more popular than they were planning on it. And so they kind of like threw around the idea. But no. Well, actually, hold on. I'm okay. doing it now. And because I'm, I'm not 100% sure on this, honestly. I should probably know. Um, but I just kind of watched the show and never really got into and I never To research and background. Well, I just never really read a lot of rumors on that. Yeah. I just so, looked up when it was coming out and watched it. <laughs> yeah. So while you're looking that up, uh, I'm just going to go into a little discussion about. So the MCU overall was super strong. Yeah. Um, and, but I think when you get to the TV shows, it's kind of like they're hit or miss. Um, like Inhumans, um, I didn't even put that down on our, our doc right here. It's just like it was canceled after one season because people thought it was so bad and nobody watched it. Um, some of the Netflix shows, um, as, and I watched Luke Cage season one and two, and it, I just was struggled through it. Iron Fist season one and two struggled through it. Jessica Jones season one was good. Didn't watch season two. Um, And like Daredevil seemed to be the only thing that was really sticking for me. And just like, you know, we're fans and we like, one of the things is this, like, I want to love this. I want to love um, these characters and whatever comes out in this content. But when it, falls flat you just it's just like it heightens the disappointment you know um of that so that's just like and we're not going to spend a ton of time because like i don't want to spend a ton of time talking about those shows that i didn't really like but just like um even agents of shield after a while it's just like which i watched the first four seasons i was like man i just i just can't keep up with this um and i just fell off the map and uh, yeah, there are a bunch of other shows out there that I haven't even gotten around to watching. Um, but I'll, I digress. And so uh, tell us, is there going to be a Legion season four? Uh, no, no, there definitely won't be that. Um, so Noah Hawley, who, you know, creator, producer, the show, says FX CEO said that he had already, he had always considered Legion to be a three season show. And so Noah, kind of the creator of it, came into this um, expecting to write write a story in three seasons. 
Uh, which, I mean, makes sense. Like, okay. The ending was it wrapped it up pretty well, at least I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah well, I agree. There's a lot of shows that in the MCU that just I don't know. I don't, and maybe it's because a lot of these shows weren't in house. With um, obviously they were Marvel properties, and they were, mm. um, you know, within the Marvel family, but they weren't necessarily in house with the whole Disney machine pumping out the. You mm. know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a valid point. And I think as we get uh, down later to like what we're excited about, what's next with TV shows, the the Disney Plus shows that are going to be coming out, um, obviously, I'm super excited for those. But I think where people were getting frustrated, especially like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was the first TV show. And there's no real interaction with the TV shows don't impact anything that's going on in the movies. Right. Um, and so people are like, why would I spend 22 or 23 episodes, one hour episodes watching something that's not going to have an impact on, on these, these movies. Um, and I think, I mean, I definitely can resonate like where I come from with that, but yeah, that's just where I'll, I'll, I'll I digress. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, do you have a least favorite show or just kind of most of them just kind of fell flat for you? I think, I mean, Daredevil was great. Um, I think John, John Bernthal, is that how you say his name? John Bernthal is as Punisher. He was phenomenal. Um, Just kind of, he did a great job. I, so the thing about these that these characters that makes me sad with like especially with Daredevil and Punisher is like I hope that they hope beyond hope that the MCU like brings them into a movie is as a side character or as supporting characters and then to um develop them maybe into their own Disney Plus shows. Um like I heard a rumor and Charlie Cox has denied this, unfortunately, that as J.K. Simmons accused him of mm-hmm. uh, uh, Peter Parker of killing Mysterio, he needs a lawyer. Yeah, needs and a what better than a yeah? He needs a lawyer. What better than uh, Matt Murdock? Um, I've also like, I've also read though that his lawyer might be uh, might be a woman, and it might be. I mean, this isn't like a confirmed thing, but I've read there's rumors that his his lawyer it might introduce she. She-Hulk through that? She, She-Hulk, yeah. I've heard that as well. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, so, I mean, just that, that's kind of the disappointing thing is like, and one of the things is like, hey, if they're going to bring back J.K. Simmons from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man to play J. Jonah Jameson again, like, fingers crossed that they, they don't recast um, Charlie Cox or, uh, for a or recast Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, so, your Burnthal is such a great punter. Uh, that was yeah. probably my second favorite the MCU, MCU TV show. All right, so let's go through real quick, uh, just list some of the stuff that you're excited about that's coming out. Uh, maybe like a property that you're nervous about, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Yeah. Um, so, I think. I really, I think the Eternals is kind of going to be a, a gauge point for what we're seeing in the future. Um, but I'm really excited about uh, the Loki TV series. Like Tom Hiddleston, just like anything he he's been doing, anytime he's Loki, it's awesome. Um, a lot of the Disney Plus shows, I think, are the things that I'm most excited about. Moon Knight. Um, I'm really excited to see how they do that, use that character. Um, but more Spider-Man I'm obviously excited for and guardians of the galaxy uh, volume three, I think, or those are the, the high points that I'm really most excited for. Um, yeah. Nervous. I definitely want to say I'm nervous about Thor love and thunder. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I love Taika. And I think he's he's great. Everything that I've seen of his, I've loved. But I recently read a report that 
Chris Hemsworth was kind of upset that he was not going to get to continue to be the main character as Thor because Jane Foster, Natalie Portman is going to be presumably be taking the lead as Thor in that movie. Um, And so maybe we'll see Chris Hemsworth um, taking on a a more leading role, obviously in the guardians of the galaxy volume three. But yeah, that's just kind of like, I'm not like, like I said, I'm just kind of worried about where the story will go. Okay. So let's see. I'm excited about, I'm really excited about the kind of beginning really of the Disney owned Marvel TV shows. All right, like the Disney Plus exclusive TV shows that'll be coming out. WandaVision, uh, I cannot wait for. Every still that I've seen from WandaVision and that teaser trailer just looked fantastic. Cannot wait for that. Um, I don't know what it was. Vision was never one of my favorite characters. Neither was Wanda, honestly. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the idea of this really quirky, uh, kind of odd couple sort of super powerful um, like mutant humans living in a house together in this like sitcom style. Uh, just, I don't know, it's really exciting. I think it'll be great. Uh, I'm excited about Moon Knight, and I'm also really excited about the Marvel uh, Avengers video game that's coming out. I yeah. think that that one I'm kind of most excited about slash nervous about. All right, I think that uh, their video games right now are just kind of in their like golden age. We're kind of in the golden age of video games. And so it'd be, I think it's going to be hard to kind of live up to the standards of modern, um, just live up to the standards of modern gaming. So we'll see if they can do that. Cause I mean, everyone wants to like be Iron Man or be Captain America, right? You know, yeah. obviously you watch a movie and you think, man, that looks so cool. <laughs> it's just, I yeah. getting to do that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I I think we've got a good spot. Obviously, things have been postponed um, due to COVID-19. Um, but from what I understand is that uh, Spider-Man 3 is going to be um, filming soon. And, um, yeah, that things will start rolling. Um, so I'm super excited. I think we've got a lot of good things coming down the pipeline. And can't wait to 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 see it. Yep. Overall, I'll give I'll give the MCU an A plus overall. I mean, uh, especially with the movies. I mean, they obviously Thor: Dark World is horrible, and the Incredible Hulk 2008 isn't the best. Um, it's fun, but it's not the greatest movie of all time. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I mean, even the movies that aren't that I don't think are the greatest, like they're still good movies, right? Like. I think there are plenty of other movie franchises that wish that Captain Marvel was their, <laughs> their you know, one of their worst movies. Yeah. And so yeah. It- Not even that, like, Cap- yeah, Captain Marvel is their worst movie. It's just like, they're, yeah, like you said, they're just, they're, it's like, oh, it's okay. It's a superhero movie. I kind of, like, know and expect what to come in. And, like, I was entertained for an hour and a half to two hours, and it was all right. I'm not going to be talking about it forever, but. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll revise that. I'll give it. I'm, I'm gonna step it down from an A plus to just an A minus because some of the TV shows and some of the TV shows have fallen really flat for me. Like Cloak and Dagger, yeah. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Agents of Shield lost me. Uh, not mm-hmm. lost me in terms of couldn't keep up with the plot, but just lost my interest. Uh, Jones, yeah. Iron Fist. And so I'll, I'll bump it down to an A minus, but because the movies are, you know, just so much more important, or at least more on the like cultural zeitgeist, I'll keep it at an A minus. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. I think an A minus is fair, just to say like, um, because it's not, it's not, it's great, it's good, but it's not perfect. Um, and when you you churn out that much content, there's going to be things that fall flat and that hit, miss the mark. Um, but yeah, I'd say. A minus, they're doing great. Keep at it, uh, old Feige and uh, Marvel. Just like, please don't hurt us and break our hearts, because <laughs> um, we love these characters, we love these stories. 
Um, and I'm super pumped, um, to see it. So, um, yeah, I guess that is all that we have for the Brad report. So, um, we hope that you join us next week, please rate and review us five stars. And, uh, Brad, do you have any other closing words? For the fans out there listening at home. Love you 3,000. Love you 3,000. Have a good night.